Hello, this is Steve Goldsmith, Professor of Urban Affairs at Harvard's Kennedy School, and you're listening to Data Smart City Pod, where we bring on top innovators and experts to discuss the future of cities and how to become data smart. One of the most powerful drivers of innovation is spatial analytics and GIS tools. And we have one of the country's leaders in geographic information systems uh, with us today, Julia Fisher from the Maryland Geographic Information Office as part of the CIO's office. And with her is the Deputy Director of Maryland's Department of Health, which is a very well-recognized department across the country, Maureen Reagan. Thank you both for being with us today. Let me start, uh, Julia, with you. We've written a lot about Maryland and, and your work. Help us think a little bit of not just how you're using GIS tools, but how you're thinking about the centralization of those tools as a way to help other leaders in Maryland government make better decisions. How how have you set yourself up, well, let's say as a service agency, in addition to an agency that does the actual work itself? I really appreciate the opportunity to discuss this further and the opportunity to share all the good work that's going on in Maryland. I, I have to give a lot of credit to my predecessors. They really had the vision to centralize GIS a number of years ago, and that was the successful launch of what is known as MDI Map. That's so Maryland's integrated map. From there, we have created a centralized geographic information office, and we are a service uh, agency. And by centralizing all of those resources, we are able to have a core group of the best and the brightest. That was how the office was originally created, was pulling people who were very passionate about GIS, uh, very knowledgeable in various backgrounds, and bringing them together in a centralized group. And one of our roles was, to, and continues to be, is to serve as liaisons, um, one in different sectors and the other through different regions of the state. Uh, for example, we brought representatives for natural resources to work with the environmental agencies Myself, I came from the Department of Business and Economic Development, which is now the Department of Commerce, and I worked with housing and education and other related agencies. And emergency management was another group, public safety was another group, health being another group. The idea being that those were GIS professionals that had specialized in providing GIS solutions for those sectors. So we brought all of that knowledge together and so right off the bat, we were able to engage with a number of different agencies, having those specialties, that background, that understanding of the mission and the potential of applying this tool in all these different sectors. So I think that, again, our predecessors, my predecessors really set up the team for success from the very beginning. Maureen, Julie has explained a little bit how she's organized the GIS operation. Your department, as I mentioned earlier, is a highly professional department. Help us think a little bit about how you help translate Julia's services throughout the department, A, and B, I've been interested particularly in Julia's work because I think it has a GIS platform throughout government, which provides the opportunity to link the vertical agencies around a space or a place. So you've been in the COVID storm, obviously, but talk to us a little bit about how those tools have helped you make better decisions in your department. 
Of course. So I think two of the most important things that come to mind first are this use of spatial data and also this being an incredibly dynamic and fluid situation. So I think what's exciting to me about using spatial data to talk about how both the pandemic and our response to the pandemic has evolved in Maryland is that what we're doing every day with our dashboard is really uh, showing Marylanders how changes in the situation relate not only to themselves in their immediate sphere, but also to their fellow Marylanders and all the spaces we move within. And so with a tool like GIS, with our dashboards, our multiple dashboards, in fact, we, we have uh, a dynamic tool at our disposal to be able to more efficiently and effectively and more quickly, I think, share information. And so that's what we're really striving to do with what we're putting out there every day is to help people understand the dynamic situation and the impact not only in their immediate sphere, but statewide. I think related to what we've developed in terms of developing our processes and the dashboards itself are these really incredible uh, partnerships that may have been perhaps untapped or not used in the way that they were used to address this particular event. So, you know, we really had to look at how to use this tool, not only to centralize, but also to streamline and organize resources. So whether that involves our staffing and training day to day to support the dashboard um, around the clock as we do, or identifying decision makers and content drivers. And content drivers are, are not only the people, but the situation within the pandemic itself, right? So the way that we created and structured what we put forward on our dashboard and what we put forward with our data from you know, the first reported cases to the first tests administered and now to putting the first vaccine in arms, we're continuously having to evaluate what we have available and what we can put forward. So, you know, we're asking these questions on a daily basis. What's happening with hospital capacity? Uh, what's going on with fluctuation in positivity rates? How's that looking county to county? What's that looking like in, in particular zip codes? And, and then right on down to um, the data visualization aspects of everything, right? So it's like, what do we lead with on the board? What gets a tile versus a chart? What trends do we have available based on the data that, you know, we've been putting forward over days, weeks, months um, to be able to tell a more meaningful story and address the types of questions that the public and leadership from the governor's office to our, our local health departments and, and local leaders to all of the constituents of Maryland. Really, these are the types of things that we're considering day to day to help sort of tell that story of, of how the pandemic has unfolded and what our response has been as everything has unfolded. Thank you. That was terrific. Julia, give us an example, if you can think of one where Maureen calls you at six in the morning and says, you know, we really need data on Anne Arundel County's PPE or, you know, just some data set that will make their decision making better, but needs to be spatially organized. Uh, does that happen, those sort of requests? Yes, <laughs> absolutely. I think we've tried throughout to be very proactive, and I think that we've gotten better at that obviously as the pandemic has gone on. And so although we are still continuing to work around the clock, as Maureen mentioned, you know, my team has just as well as Maureen and, and her team you know, have just always made themselves available. We did encounter some of that earlier on. We would definitely get uh, variables that were being requested by the governor's office in particular. And that was because they were, they were listening to the constituents 
as we originally put information out there and trying to be a leader um, in getting that information out there, you know, some of the some of the unknowns of what was going to really resonate, you know, with the community wasn't totally known. So we would get some data out there and then we would hear from the constituents back through the governor's office, you know, this isn't clear or we need this additional information or have we collected information in in a different way? And can we get that out? Can we get it added to the dashboard or modify within the dashboard? And so we've had to be very agile from the very beginning. And as has been mentioned, you know, we were on a 24-7 support shifts, um, my, my staff. And so, you know, day or night, uh, we're monitoring, you know, to make sure that everything stays up. We are on call to address any additional concerns, questions. Um, we had one recently where Montgomery County had indicated that something appeared to be stuck in the data layer, the GIS data layer they were sharing from us as the authoritative source. And so we went in and we troubleshooted and we got that cleared up. So not only are we hearing from within state government, but all of our partners within local government, I receive you know emails from people who know us to be the authoritative source. And they're really helpful. They're like, oh, this number looks a little off or this isn't what we're collecting locally. You know, can you look into this? And so it's a very community oriented, collaborative type of relationship now. And I say that because I think there was concern at the beginning that people are just going to ha ha, like try to call us out, you know, that we were sharing misinformation. And I think that we've worked really, really hard to be known as the authoritative source, uh, the reliable authoritative source, you know, accurately currently. And everyone has really come together in order to ensure that the message is solid, reliable, and thorough. So, Maureen, it feels to me like there's very few cases more classically involved in GIS than public health. So if you look at social determinants of health and the kind of the drivers of the morbidity and COVID and then vaccination rates, right, it it would feel like you would be tracking in your department a lot of things geographically, not just the outbreaks themselves, but I would assume that eventually vaccination take-up rates. I know a number of cities are doing that. So Could you give us any examples of how you're using the GIS platform for either prevention or treatment or vaccination? Certainly. So currently within our website, coronavirus.maryland.gov, we have four distinct dashboards. And we also built into the platform a testing locator tool which I think it has been incredibly helpful in terms of making sure that Marylanders have the authoritative source. I mean, this is a list of testing providers that we maintain, that we are regularly updating, that are pushed out with updates, and again, incorporated through our platform and and through our website. So in addition to our cases summary dashboard, We have our newly implemented vaccine dashboard, um, which does track some of the metrics you were just mentioning. But we also have a congregate living facility cases dashboard and a school's outbreak data dashboard. So all of those dashboards combined with the testing site locator, I think really provide a robust picture of, again, how COVID is evolving within the state and also how our response is evolving appropriately. And one other point I'd like to make too, you know, having one authoritative source for all of this information really helps from 
our, um, not only operationally our response, but also our outreach and communications. It's so critical to our broader strategic planning capability. And as I've you know, been saying, it, it's so essential to be able to have something that is as dynamic and responsive to be able to make dynamic and responsive decisions as things develop. Uh, just a couple more questions and I know you have to get back to the important issues of Maryland state government. Uh, maybe one for each of you. First uh, to you, Julia. I've been thinking a little bit about the importance of your department. And I've talked to a lot of mayor's offices where we think about the use of tools to ask what if questions. So how do you and Maureen think about the allocation of sophisticated data analytics that might be done on a GIS platform, perhaps in your office, and the, what I'll call the query acts or the what if acts? How do you think about kind of allocating those resources? So still related to, you know, the COVID response for Maryland, we do have some work that is ongoing um, behind the scenes. Um, we are working with sensitive data, and so this is not uh, something that we will be sharing directly with the public. But the results, to your point, will impact the potential actions of Maryland Department of Health. We're looking at the virus in a very spatial manner. To Maureen's point earlier in the conversation, how are people just living their lives? How are they interacting with the space around them? How are they interacting with the other people in the space around them? So yes, talking about contact tracing and looking at GIS as a platform to find trends within the data, to find hotspots that have occurred, learning through technology to then instruct algorithms to suggest where other similar hotspots may form so that we can be proactive in the measures, more targeted in the measures. So Maryland Department of Health is also, you know, running statistics, running trend analysis, taking a considerable number of actions in order to try to minimize and lessen the impact of COVID by adding that spatial component and being able to show them the trends and the movement of the virus, you know, through the movement of the people and the places, you know, it's adding a completely new dimension in the decision-making process. We are really excited. We are working directly with Esri, again, ensuring privacy of information, but that information, you know, in the decision makers' hands, in the right people's hands, is really going to continue to support Maryland in fighting this, this pandemic and saving more Marylanders' lives. So it's, it's hugely, hugely humbling to see that uh, GIS is a tool, and not just here, we also work in public safety sector, 911. GIS is is saving lives. It's hugely humbling to be a part of that. I, I think it's also important to note that these platforms also help make very complex epidemiological data accessible. And it really helps make things understandable and digestible. And I think particularly when there is just so much information out there pointing to one authoritative source, as we've mentioned, but also you know, really helping to demystify what some of these numbers mean. It's just so instrumental in, in helping us 
as I say, you know, make decisions, but also maintain communication with the public. And I think, you know, ultimately what it helps us to do is to also maintain and cultivate a sense of empathy for those who use and view our data. You know, we're, we're always striving to make sure that it's as meaningful, but as demystified and as clear as possible. And I really think that this is the tool that helps us to do that in addition to all of the complex algorithmic analytical kind of things that we can do on the back end. So it's been really invaluable in that way. Maureen, one uh, last question, and then I promise that you both can go. Right before we start, you're talking a little bit about human-centered design. Could you just give me a thought or two about the intersection of GIS tools, data visualization, human-centered design, as it relates to the utilization of these tools to solve important problems? So I think that's just it, right? I think um, I think what we're talking about in terms of maintaining and cultivating empathy for users especially, that to me is the big takeaway there. And I think what we've been striving to do day to day, not only in terms of what we're putting forward, but as Julia mentioned, you know, thinking about how to build on what we have and trying to anticipate and be proactive about what more we can put out. These decisions aren't made in a silo, right? They're made in consultation with multiple agencies. You know, we're listening all the time and working with our constituent services teams to assess and understand from the public, you know, what they're taking away from the dashboard. And so I think it's the convergence of those things. It's, it's really listening. It's constant analysis and evaluation of what we're dealing with presently, and then taking sort of a combination of those two things and being able to anticipate and be proactive about how we can work in a more collaborative and empathetic way to produce and put forward meaningful information. So thank you very much. State of Maryland has a wonderful intersection between uh, one of the country's leading GIS organizations led by Julia Fisher and the Department of Health long recognized as one of the top in the country. And we have with us today, it's Deputy Director Maureen Reagan, Thank you, ladies, for your terrific insights and for your commitment to public service. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure. If you like this podcast, please visit us at datasmartcities.org or follow us at datasmartcities on Twitter. Find us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast was produced by Betsy Gardner and hosted by me, Steve Goldsmith. We're proud to serve as a central resource for cities interested in the intersection of government, data, and innovation. Thanks for listening.